Kia ora, I'm Damien Venuto, it's May 25th and this is The Front Page, a daily podcast presented by the New Zealand Herald. There's a weather forecast battle brewing as two taxpayer-funded agencies go toe-to-toe for our attention. MetService and Niwa have dominated headlines in recent months amid numerous extreme weather events. But animosity is simmering between them. There's growing concern that their remits are starting to overlap as they vie for the attention of New Zealanders desperate to understand what weather is heading our way. So why are two agencies, both accountable to the government, becoming so competitive? Who should the public trust when we need accurate information? And are there signs that government is looking to address this problem? Today, on the front page, NZ Herald editor-at-large Shane Curry takes us into the trenches of Aotearoa's weather wall. So who exactly are MetService and Niwa and who owns them? Well, it's been a really interesting week for me in the newsroom as I've been digging into uh, just the backgrounds of, of the two weather forecasters, if you like. They both are government-owned, ultimately. One's a state-owned enterprise, that's the MetService, and one's a Crown Research Institute, and that is NIWA. And so ultimately, they're beholden to the government, to us as taxpayers, but they actually operate fairly commercially. So uh, as a state-owned enterprise, MetService is set up as a business, basically. And very similarly, the Crown Research Institute relies on um, not just commercial funding, but also research funding and grants. But they're fundamentally both owned by the government, but then funded by different departments. That's right. Well, they report up through to different departments. They will argue that, you know, off their own bat, they are raising their own money through commercial deals Mm -hmm. and arrangements. They don't rely directly on taxpayer money, but ultimately they are accountable to actually, and interestingly, uh, you know, different ministers. And I think therein lies one of the issues that we've got two different businesses set up with, I guess, different principles in mind. So who uses MetService and who uses Niwa? Are there any differences in their respective remits? Yeah, so when they were both set up in the early 90s, the Met Service was uh, set up to be the weather forecaster, the organisation that puts out warnings, that tells us what lies ahead in the day and the week ahead. Uh, and, and for those of us who are familiar with the Met Service, you know, we often look at it for the rain radar or to know what, you know, whether we can hang out the washing in the afternoon uh, or what tomorrow's forecast looks like for Eden Park, those kind of things. NIWA, on the other hand, was set up as a research institute, very much around the longer-term climate change impact, the impact on the oceans, the climate, and, and other environmental factors. And I guess that kind of more, that deeper scientific research principle that it's been set up for. You've reported that there's a bit of animosity between these two organisations. What's the genesis of that? Yeah, so, and I guess this is the nub of the issue. It all comes back to around 2013 when Niwa created a sub-brand called Niwa Weather. Kia ora koto katoa, ko Chris Bradolino toko ingua, ko Benol toko ingua. This is the Niwa Seasonal Climate Outlook. Now people are really, I wasn't going to say chomping at the bit, but horses don't chomp, they champ as I was told. So they're champing at the bit uh, for the winter outlook. And so all of a sudden these two organisations that are owned by us suddenly were starting to compete on weather forecasts and that is really where the troubles have started and there's been memorandum of understandings which have gone back and forth, they've cooperated on some levels to a greater or lesser extent. But where we are today is that in a major severe weather event, as we saw earlier this year with Cyclone Gabriel, Niwa was as equally prolific and possibly even more prominent in some places with their weather forecasting, telling residents, uh, the population, just what was lying ahead in the next few days. And that 
really does compete against uh, Met Services' reason for being and its purpose. And so ultimately what that meant for us as members of the public, members of the media, is we could go to different forecasts and sometimes get some confusing, conflicting different messages. In addition to those, we also have the privately owned Weather Watch. So how did they fit into this bigger picture? Yeah, it's really interesting. And I, I you know, if you you know, if you look at American movies over the past ten or twenty years ago, there's been lots of movies about storm chases and, and that sort of thing. There's several private weather forecasters that are set up in New Zealand. Chief among them is Weatherwatch and Philip Duncan. And Philip set up Weatherwatch in two thousand and seven. Hugely experienced, very enthusiastic, very passionate about the weather. Kia ora, hello, I'm Philip Duncan and thanks for joining us. And we're focusing on high pressure coming out of Australia. This is it, centred around the eastern side. Colder nights for you at the moment with the big high in charge. And it's pushing further and further across the Tasman. In fact, even starting to push out across the South Island. And so what Philip does is he he too runs a commercial organisation. It's much smaller than the two government organisations, but he relies on commercial deals and so forth. And he's got a massive social media following, and especially on YouTube and places like that. But basically, uh, Philip, through the use of his own data, through he's got uh, access to IBM data um, out of America, but also relies on MetService data. He's he's formed a closer arrangement just in the last 18 months or so with the Met Service under its new chief executive. Previous to that, Philip was having real trouble with both government departments, but he feels that Met Service has really come to the table in the last 18 months. Shane, does this just come down to the fact that New Zealand is a weather-obsessed country and these organisations are taking a little bit of advantage of that? I'm not sure they're taking advantage, but I absolutely agree we're weather-obsessed, and that comes with our natural coastlines uh, and the landscape of the country. I mean, we literally do get four seasons in one day at times. And so there is a lot of interest in what's you know either raining down or shining down upon us every day. And you know that was drilled into us at school. You know I remember seventh form geography learning about the different kind of weather pressure systems and so forth. And I do think also this country and by its very nature, by its geography and so forth, there will always be interest in, in what's going on in the atmosphere around us. So I don't think the organisations are necessarily taking advantage of that, but there's certainly a lot of interest both audience-wise and for those who are out in the weather, such as the trampers or the hunters, in terms of what's going on. Shane, looking at the fact that Niwa is a lot more commercially successful than Met Service, does that play into the end product that they're serving to the media? Do they have a better product that we're receiving? I think it's part of a CRI, and since 2013, they've certainly been looking at other areas where they can generate income, and this is where the issues have arisen. So they not only did they bring in a supercomputer, forecasting computer, around climate and the weather, but it's started encroaching very heavily on where the Met Service plays. And so now you've got two government departments who are essentially competing against each other for a very public safety conscious event. Neil has also brought in some people with enormous media experience who are incredibly polished, well-versed in media language too. They do. I, I would tend to disagree with some of their media strategy. I mean, I've encountered this over the last week myself in terms of just the lack of response that we've had from NIWA. Met Service have been very open through their chief executive, Stephen Hunt. But I can't get boo out of NIWA at the moment, and I am chasing them up again. And I think that's really disappointing. I think NIWA needs to come to the table. They do realise... I hope they realise that they are owned ultimately by the public and it would be nice to hear from them. We hope you're finding this episode of The Front Page insightful. Follow us on iHeartRadio or wherever you get your podcasts. 
And for more premium coverage from our top riders, head to nzherald.co.nz slash premium to subscribe. Where does this leave New Zealanders who are relying on news coverage to ensure their safety during extreme weather events, particularly given that these extreme weather events are becoming more common? Well, there's two points to that, and I think this is why the government now is finally stepping in, and that was the the angle of my story. For many years now, a lot of the private operators and a lot of the public have been saying, why do we have this situation where there are two publicly owned forecasters? And I think because of the severe weather events this year, it's really brought home to the government that actually they do have a point. And there were, were examples during Cyclone Gabriel, as I say, where there were different forecasts coming out of the different public companies. And so where that leaves us, and I think, you know, me, we as media have a responsibility to play here as well. And Philip Duncan is very clear that we should be turning first and foremost to the Met Service as the official forecaster for the country. And so, you know, that's something that we need to look closely at as a media industry in terms of who we turn to first and whose messages we are distributing. And then for the public, it really is a matter of personal choice, because right now, at the moment, they have the choice of the Met Service, NIWA, private operators, that's WeatherWatch, uh, there's Blue Skies, they can obviously look at their iPhone screens. <laughs> there's a whole lot of different information that's coming in. And so I think that is one area that the government clearly wants to sort out. Met Service and WeatherWatch have also been critical that NIWA tends to use phrasing that's not all that common in New Zealand. But does this actually matter, given that Kiwis seem pretty comfortable watching American television? So why is this such a problem? Yeah, some of the examples that Philip Duncan raised, or one in particular, was the term atmospheric river. And of course, that's dominated headlines over the last year or so when we have weather events called an atmospheric river. Previous to that, we might have known them as kind of special low depressions or, you know, there's, there's been some very traditional language in the past around weather and I think in this day and age of social media and that attention economy where we're trying to you know obviously generate audience and attention Niwa has got into this game and according to uh, Philip Duncan at least is using terms that are not commonly known to New Zealanders and that's causing the confusion as well and therefore could be causing um, some issues. Don't those colourful terms also make people more interested because they want to find out what these things are and then it makes them engage with weather news that could essentially save their lives. Yes, I, I, it certainly makes them read the stories more. I know that from personal experience of having looked after the newsroom for a little while here at NZME, things like, you know, terms such as weather bombs and atmospheric rivers and that sort of thing. There's no doubt that our audiences will read those stories and engage with them much more strongly than just if we said it was a low depression or a high depression. And so I think it's a balance. I do think that if there was a weather bomb every week and an atmospheric river every second week, that's going to lose its gloss and importance very, very quickly. And so we have a responsibility to play there as well, as do the weather agencies themselves. I do think, though, there is a challenge, and that is, you know, in major events that we do have people, you know, it is important that we are presenting accurate, fair and balanced information. And so that's something for NIWA and, and the Met Service, for that matter, to take on board. Let's get stuck into the funding model a little bit here. So they are government funded, but they also have these commercial imperatives. So how do these two sides of their funding relate to each other? Yeah, so they basically do, to a greater or lesser extent, they do operate as commercial enterprises. NIWA, as I say, does have a big research fund attached to it from you know private research and so forth. So that's a big component of its revenue each year, and then it makes a, a decent profit. Service, on the other hand, uh, in 2022, just made a tiny profit, about an operating profit of around 200 thousand dollars. It's a state-owned enterprise, so again, but much 
like TVNZ, it relies on commercial returns, deals with media. So, for instance, the New Zealand Herald, we run a weather page, both print and in digital, and we pay the Met Service for the use of that data. One of the arguments that Philip Duncan has had as the head of WeatherWatch is that for so long, not so much now from the Met Service, but for so long, these organisations have been charging way too much astronomical numbers for their use of their weather data. And he finds that a bit on the nose when they're publicly owned companies, but they are set up as commercial enterprises. Beyond that, do you think that these commercial imperatives can get in the way of these organisations fulfilling their mandate? I'm not sure they get in the way. They certainly focus the attention on areas, I guess, where they do need to make a buck. Because at the end of the day, if if they're not being funded by private enterprise uh, and, and other private operators, it will be down to the taxpayer to then come in. And I'm not sure we're quite in a position in the country and in, in the economy at the moment where the government can afford some very big millions and millions of dollars to fund these organisations. There has been a lot of talk about media mergers recently and finding efficiencies, but nothing that has mentioned uh, Niwa or Met Service. So has the government shown any interest in bringing these two entities together? I asked specifically the government that, and that could well be an outcome, I guess, of the current review. All I've said at the moment is they are seeking advice on the weather forecasting systems. In my view, and having uh, investigated this over the course of the last couple of weeks and spoken to some excellent journalists such as Paul Gorman who have been looking at it for far longer than I have, it is clear to me there needs to be change. At the very least, I would suggest two organisations that probably need clear differentiation on what they're doing day-to-day and week-to-week and in terms of longer-term strategy. And then if that can happen, that will probably sort out a few of the issues. But I think ultimately it makes sense to have one weather forecaster in New Zealand. Shane, ultimately, how do you think the situation will play out? I do think that these kind of policy and reviews always run into general elections, and that can be an issue. But I do think this is the type of issue that will be of an immense importance across the political landscape. So that review that does come back from MB and Treasury in terms of how the weather forecasting systems are operating, that will be vitally important, not just for this government, but if there's a new government after October, I think they'll be equally interested. Thanks for joining us, Shane. That's it for this episode of The Front Page. You can read more about today's stories and extensive news coverage at nzherald.co.nz. The Front Page is produced by Sean D. Wilson with executive producer Ethan Sills. I'm Damien Venuto. You can follow The Front Page on iHeartRadio or wherever you get your podcasts. And tune in tomorrow for another look behind the headlines.